Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. I am Steve Dace. We have a lot going on on the show today, but I always like to lead off when we get notes like this. Melissa writes, I decided to go ahead and give First Cup Coffee a try after hearing about it on the show. I got the medium dark roast sample pack. Got it in just a few days after ordering. I opened the Boston Common, which is noted as a medium dark blend. It looked lighter in color than most store-bought medium blends I buy, but I remembered the claim that the beans weren't burnt and went ahead and loaded up the coffee maker anyway, and the roast was delicious. No bitterness at all, full of flavor. I'm actually using less creamer in my coffee because this tastes so good. Um, So thank you to First Cup Coffee and uh, belated happy Veterans Day to those who served, which was also Melissa in Chattanooga, Tennessee's birthday. So there you go. If you want to take advantage of Melissa's endorsement, don't just listen to us. Go to firstcup.com. Use the code DACE. Save an additional 10% off your order when you do. Firstcup.com. Promo code DACE to save an additional 10% off. All right. Coming up on today's show. At the bottom of this hour, friend of the program, hero of the Republic, Congressman Chip Roy will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. What is going on with the budget deal? He will give us the dirty details, and they are getting dirtier as we draw closer to the said deadline. Next hour, my daughter Anastasia will be here to alert parents to something going on with uh, AI, chat GP, that you may not be aware of. And we will also have fake news or not. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday. Can the MCU be saved? This is the worst open ever for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which, by the way, has been routinely setting records for the worst opening ever for its films. Uh, Loki Season 2, which my son, who's become a very difficult-to-please critic of pop culture content he actually told me was very good and recommended that i watch it it didn't have great viewership as well are we at the point now that the brand is just tarnished no matter what the quality is and should they just take like a three to five year break and walk away can this thing be saved We'll get into that with Pop Culture Tuesday coming up later on in the program. But let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away, brought to you by... The Kraken! Power, were you ever around when someone, anyone, told uh, Donald Trump that he had lost the election? Oh, yeah. Who? Uh, Pat Cipollone, Eric Hirschman, Derek Lyons all thought he'd lost. Was that in the December 18th meeting? Yes. What, what was um, President Trump's reaction when, I guess, this cadre of advisors would say you lost? It was like, uh, well, they would say that and then they'd walk out. 
and he goes, see, this is what I deal with all the time. That is Sidney Powell in her testimony to prosecutors in Georgia about the aftermath of the 2020 election and whether Donald Trump was ever told by his advisors that he was going to lose. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, Alexa, how many Joe Biden attack ads can that video produce? Alexa, Moving on, you are about to get screwed on the budget fight. Here's new House Speaker Mike Johnson kissing Donald Trump's ring. I have. I have endorsed him wholeheartedly. Um, look, I was uh, one of the closest allies that President Trump had in Congress. He had a phenomenal first term. Those first two years, as you all know, we brought about the greatest economic numbers in the history of the world, not just the country, because his policies worked. And I'm, I'm all in for President Trump. I, okay, yeah, I, know, good. I right. expect he'll be our nominee. Translation, he's about to sell out on everything on the budget fight, but it's okay because he endorsed Trump. Speaking of Trump, here are some of his highlights from the past couple of months. You don't mind if I go off teleprompter like a lot, do you? Fauci became big in the Bush administration. In the uh, uh, in, it's almost the same thing in the Biden administration. Arrest their leading political opponent and leading by a lot, including Obama. Was, I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. We beat Hillary Clinton. We built almost 500 miles of wall. Even the Obama administration says it in their stats. And I'm really shocked that the Obama administration can be out there saying, I hope they don't attack from the north. Brian, it's all coming through Iran and Obama wants to, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to mention, he doesn't even mention them in his statements. Victor Orban, did anybody ever hear of him? They uh, were interviewing him two weeks ago and they said, uh, what would you advise President Obama? The whole world seems to be exploding and imploding. And then there's this. Nikki Haley and Donald Trump's super PAC have made more big ad purchases in Iowa, attacking Ron DeSantis, bringing the total negative ad expenditures against the Florida governor to over $25 million. He continues to lead all candidates, including Joe Biden, in ads targeted against him. Why is that? Well, it's because DeSantis never backs down. Last week, it was revealed that the Republican National Committee, under the direction of Trump-endorsed RNC chairwoman Rona Romney McDaniel, was trying to put the kibosh on an upcoming event this Friday, hosted by the family leader here in Iowa. The Thanksgiving Family Forum is a gathering of Iowa activists who watch and listen to candidates sit around a table and talk about issues and their values. It's not a debate. But the RNC sent a letter to candidates warning them that if they participated in the Family Forum, they'd be ineligible for future GOP primary debates. DeSantis and the family leader told the RNC to pound sand. I'm going to be there at the family leader. I think it's an important part of this process. It's been a part of this process for a long time. There's no way that that should cause the RNC to penalize any candidate. And so I was at the family leader today, did a podcast with Bob. I told them, uh, you know, I don't know what you guys are going to do to work it out, but I'll be here no matter what happens. And so you guys can pencil me in for that. In completely unrelated news, the RNC backed down and the event is proceeding. Back to Washington, where eight Republicans, including three Texas representatives, voted with Democrats to scuttle a motion to impeach Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The motion to impeach was brought forth by Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's now been revealed through new financial disclosures that Donald Trump's Truth Social website has lost $73 million since its inception last year. In 2022, the website lost $50 million compared with just shy of a million and a half dollars of revenue. Yikes. And finally, going to the grocery store during Bidenflation. Find everything you need today? Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Everything okay, ma'am? Uh, it's just that you've only scanned a few items and it's already 60 bucks. Uh, I'm so scared. Okay, I'm a trained professional, ma'am. I've scanned a lot of groceries. I need you to stay with me. It's just that my in-laws are in town and they want a charcuterie board. Well, this isn't going to be easy, so I need you to be brave, all right? What's your name? Patricia. Patricia, all right. I need you to take a deep breath. We're about to do the cheese. <gasps> oh, my God. The numbers are going up so fast. Why do we have to be a House. Don't look up there. It only makes it worse. Keep your eyes on me, okay? <sighs> Can't you just scan something less expensive? I can, but let's not forget. It's the little things that add up, all right? Now brace yourself. I'm about to do the mixed nuts. Oh, my God. I'm going to pass out. Okay, bite down on this, Patricia. <sighs> Get ready. I'm going to do the cured meats. <sighs> no, stop. I can't do this anymore. It's too late. There's a line behind you, okay? You're locked in. I'm not strong enough. And that's what happened while we were away. Dude, that's not even a joke. That's true news. I mean, I, I have been to the grocery store twice in the last few weeks coming home from business trips or speaking engagements and to just stop and get a couple things to make dinner for everybody when we got home. Three or four bags, man. Both times. It was like 60, 70 bucks. That's not even a joke. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Tyga Coolers. That's right. Time is still of the essence when it comes to maybe the best cooler you'll ever buy made right here in America as well. Coming with a lifetime guarantee from people that are American patriots just like you. Veteran owned, made in the USA, Tiger Coolers. You can do this as a great gift idea for Christmas because you can get them customized as well. So if you're looking for a gift for a family member, if you're looking for maybe a corporate gift, get the company logo on every single one if you want to do that. Uh, you can't beat it. They're outstanding coolers. They keep things cool, and they look cool as well. Go to tigacoolers.com at T-A-I-G-A. Design one for you, your family, your friends, or your clients. Enter the promo code STEVE at checkout for 10% off. 10% off with the discount code STEVE at tigacoolers.com. T-A-I-G-A. T-A-I-G-A, tigacoolers.com, discount code Steve for 10% off. All right, I want to I wanna discuss the, uh, the, the top two things in, in Aaron's montage, and then we'll see how much time is left. I suspect there won't be when we're done, but we'll see. Those are going to be... I'm going to say this now, okay, because we have to win next year. All right, so I'm, I'm going to say this now. And, and if and when it happens next year, I'm not even going to address it. I'm just going to warn this now. Those videos will be devastating Democratic ads next year. Devastating. And if you live in a suburb or exurb of America, you know I'm telling you the truth. Because that's where that election is going to be determined, is in those locations. And those videos are just devastating. Someone tweeted to me a little while ago, Steve, I can't believe you're thinking these prosecutions are legitimate. Have I ever said these prosecutions are legitimate? Mm, the opposite in several cases. Yes, I've not even... Um, I don't believe they're legitimate. I also don't I also don't think any of you 
I don't think any of you Twitter tough guys are going to prison for Donald Trump. None of you are. But those are going to be devastating Democratic ads next year. And I tried to tell you a few weeks ago when many of my colleagues either ignored it or told you the opposite. If you think they're handing out plea agreements because you gave prosecutors nothing, then you're too dumb to vote. Or you've not even watched an episode of CSI, Judge Judy, or literally any cop or court show that's ever aired, ever, ever. Yes, I'm, I'm sure Fulton County just be on your merry way. We want nothing in return. Night Court was an Algonquin roundtable compared to what a lot of you people believe. It was always going to turn out like this. People were never going to go to prison for Trump. I mean, I won't pay Trump. I won't pay your legal bills. You go to prison for me. Who is taking that deal? I'll answer that for you. Nobody is. Nobody. The people that you see on social media, the few of you that are actually on there, that walk on rusty nails for Trump, they're all getting paid to do that. Now, far be it for me to tell a billionaire how to spend his money. And looking at now what's gone on with Truth Social hitting an $80 million loss, that is some Brewster's Million stuff right there, okay? I mean, that is... Sorry, that's a good reference. Yeah, that is that is some Brewster's millions right there. We 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 have no content and no traffic and we blew eighty million dollars. How? I mean, how? How did you do that? How is that possible? We have no content and we have no traffic and we blew eighty million bucks. How? By the way, if you get Brewster's Millions trending in the next 10 minutes, I'll give you a million bucks. When, that I, would saw, be awesome. when I saw this story this morning, I, I tweeted out a gift from Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor just walking <laughs> out of the limo, like Pip Don Magic Wand. I don't know how many people got that, though, but I, I chuckled at my I own gift. I am glad that I'm moving yeah. in yours. Thank you, Brody. You're welcome, man. It's, a, it's an absolute hidden gem yes. from the 80s. You bet it is. Plot line, a guy's just, the, these, he's been challenged. He's got to blow a giant wad of money in order to get the bigger wad of money in a very limited amount of time. It can't have like anything to show for it right nothing and he can't tell anybody what he's doing and he can't tell anybody what he's doing so he's got to make all these insane (laughs) financial decisions and people are losing their minds that is just some classic i gotta tell you i know everybody was a big fan of richard Pryor, doped up on coke and heroin but he was actually pretty funny sober too you know so that's a that's a classic 80s movie richard Pryor. that one is okay but that this is some Brewster's million stuff. We have no content, we have no traffic, and we blew eighty million bucks. How? How? How did you blow eighty million bucks? But I can understand now why maybe you're not paying the legal bills of all these people. Because he, here's the reality: everybody here is getting pinched. We've talked about what's going on with the Trump family, what they're doing in New York. I've said this on the show numerous times. Is just disgraceful and un-American. It's essentially, well, yes, all the other rich people do this inflating of their real estate values in New York for tax purposes, too. But they don't do it while um, representing the people in America that we hate the most. So we're going to punish you for it, basically. We're going to, this isn't about, you know, they're not concerned. Letitia Wright is not concerned about the integrity of the real estate market 
in in man in on the Upper East Side. I, I can assure you that is not what is occurring here. Okay. This is Gavin Newsom in San Francisco. Yeah, we cleaned it up because the Chicoms came. But at least of he course. was. At least he just flat out said so. Right. Okay. Um, it would be better for Letitia if she was if she was as honest as Newsom. She would say, "Well, of course we're just going after him because he's Donald Trump." By the way, she'd probably get the exact same judge and same jury verdicts anyway. Yeah, well, we're not going to get a jury verdict because Trump's attorney apparently, um, at, while she was you know while she was hot, uh, wasn't smart enough to check the right box to get him a jury trial. So we're stuck with this Democrat activist judge that Trump has instead, and the kids are now testifying, and they're basically they're just I don't know how else to put it. I mean, they're trying to steal his money. I mean, that's just flat out what's going on here. I mean, they're just New York courts are essentially have essentially been weaponized to drain the personal um, wealth of the Trump family. I mean, this is just as un-American as it gets. So he's getting pinched. And so it may not be as easy to go ahead and pay all these people's legal bills as it would have been in another environment, right? Truth Social is, is, is a massive failure. And these are all these are all headlines, by the way, that if you're the Trump team, you are trying to avoid these. It's kind of a race. Get into the presidency as fast as we can to issue as many pardons. And 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 then a lot of people are going to owe us stuff and then they will, will be too big to fail, essentially. I mean, that, that's what's going on here. I mean, the, 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 the Trump empire is in a race to acquire the presidency before it collapses. And the left is in a race to collapse the Trump um, empire before he reacquires the presidency. I mean, this is really just depressing everywhere. And caught in the middle, you have people like Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis, and you can determine for yourself how sympathetic you think each individual is. But the reality of that, that people were going to go to prison for Donald Trump was never going to occur. Never. It's not happening. And then the idea that people were given plea bargains and didn't have to offer up anything in exchange for that. I know there, I mean, I, I watched people post this on social media. I watched websites write articles claiming this. And I just, I'm like. We, we just largely live in a truthless age. And there's just very little interest in it. Really everywhere. We have, we have a little less disinterest in it on the right than they do over there. But we're, we're, we are rapidly losing our interest in it as well. That's both of us in the corner, losing our religions. We're just in opposite corners. Which brings me to Mike Johnson. It's not looking good. I mean, we'll, we'll hear from Chip Roy here in about 15 minutes. He'll tell us, he'll give us the what's up, what's going on in Congress. I'm just going to tell you, though, from talking to Chip privately for the last few days, it's not looking good. I mean, Chuck Schumer yesterday praised the continuing resolution that Speaker Johnson is promoting. That's usually a positive sign. Get preemptive praise from Chuck Schumer before there's any kind of a negotiation or fight. That's usually pretty good. And, and if you've been paying attention to this era... The, the most obvious sign we're about to get screwed on everything we care about is Mike Johnson going on TV to say he endorses Donald Trump and, quote, 
we had the best economy in the history of the world, end quote. That's a biblical worldview for you. Is, is, is there a commandment against bearing false witness? I mean, this was a, it was, the economy was pretty good. It was not the best economy in the history of the world. Come on, man. Come on. But, see, they've all been taught a game. And, and I, this goes back to what I mentioned yesterday on the show at the end of our discussion. They have been taught that as long as they kneel before Zod, they can screw us on every conceivable issue, and it doesn't matter. We are teaching the American people that we are whatever Trump is and we're not whatever Trump is not. And so he can redefine everything, conservative, biblical worldview, everything. Over and over again, like yes. from day to day. Yes. And so we taught, we've taught them that as long as they kneel before Zod, then it doesn't matter what they actually do to us on issues of substance. It, it, nothing else matters. That level of hyperbole is a bad sign. So I, I've not done this very often, and frankly, I, I'm convicted that I maybe should do it more so. I, I'm going to ask you to, to sincerely... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take people that are friends of mine that vouched for this guy at their word, that he was rock solid. Rock solid as a believer. I don't know him, never met him, never heard his name until 72 hours before he became speaker. I've been involved in virtually every fight or covered every fight of significance on the right in the last 17 years. I'm, I'm, I'm carried on one of the largest platforms in the United States of America. I'm in the first in the nation caucus state, which has provided me relationships with people currently running for president or have run for president in the past that I could just text on my phone right now. We've raised money for Alliance Defending Freedom. The former head, Michael Ferris of Alliance Defending Freedom, I've known and been friendly with for over 15 years. I'd never heard the name Mike Johnson once in my life. Despite all those relationships, all that experience, and all those contacts, never heard his name once in my life. My buddy Bob Vanderplotz, he was here two weeks ago. I don't know anybody more connected in the Christian right than Bob is. Nobody. Asked him, what do you know about Mike Johnson? What did he tell us? Mm. Nothing. Never heard of him. Crickets. Nobody's ever, never, never came up. Nothing. By the way, his organization, the family leader, works directly with Alliance Defending Freedom. Work, they work with him directly on, with organizations like that. Nothing. But I said, okay, you know, I'll give it a chance because history has shown how many times when somebody comes out of nowhere with no record, it all turns out great. How many times? The answer is zero. There are evidences in the scriptures of God bringing people out of nowhere like this. Some people would argue maybe I'm one of those people. So let's see how it plays out. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the signs, and you'll hear this from Chip Roy here in a few minutes, the signs are not good. And, and here's the thing. You know, my wife... Yeah, I'll share this. My, my wife said to me the other night, Out of nowhere, 
she said to me, I'm, I want you to know I'm really glad that you never sold out. She's like, I ain't gonna lie. I've always pined away for a house with an indoor pool. But I'm just fine. We've lived here. We lived here when you were on local radio. I like our neighborhood. I like our home. I'm just glad that you never sold out. There's other parts of that conversation I won't share with you, but I'll, th- I'll share this part. I, I said to her, I was always afraid to do it the first time because something told me after I did it the first time, it would just be so much easier to then do it every time. The first time's the hardest. And then once you do it once, it just gets easier to do it after that. Mike, Mike Johnson carries the hopes of a lot of people with him right now. For, mu- for much of America, all they know about the phrase biblical worldview has come from what he has said about it since he became speaker a few weeks ago. He represents, think of most prominent pastors of our era. Mike Johnson in the last few weeks has had more exposure than any of those men have had in their careers in ministry. And so for many Americans, he's going to represent what we claim to believe. And as things are sitting here and trending on Tuesday, heading to the end of the week, he's going to fund every single wicked scheme of this government and not fight on anything and get virtually nothing in return. I would urge you sincerely and fervently to pray for him. He'll never have more political capital than he has right now. He'll never have more goodwill than he has right now. And if he is going to trade all that in for Esau's pot of stew now, well, the likelihood that this will continue on into the future, and even worse, increases. The hardest time to sell out is now. It'll get a lot easier later. We can't afford to continue this. At some point, somebody has to stand up. Somebody with power and authority to do so has to stand up and say, we're not doing this anymore. We have to fight. Somebody has to say, here I stand. I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. And if the one promoting biblical worldview as the base has this plumb line, as his basis for everything, if he won't do it. Well, let's wait to the next election, Steve. How the how, We've been waiting for the next election here for the last, what, 18, 20, 22, 24 elections. At some point, somebody in a position of authority who calls who claims Christ has to fight somebody has to do it somebody has to say here and no further 
Otherwise, the salt has lost its savor, and it's of no use to anybody, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Why do you call me Lord, if you will not do what I say? Faith without works is dead. By their fruit you will know them. Have no fellowship with the darkness. Instead, expose it. Should I continue? Really? It's good. We yes, have because that's going to be the whole show and nothing but the show. Unless very quickly, and you said this before, something radically changes. And God can radically change people, but there's about 72 hours here. Okay. The current trend line is not good. This is just a younger Mike Pence. Doesn't have to be. I'm living proof God changes, radically changes people. It doesn't have to end this way. I would urge you to fervently pray for Mike Johnson. I'll just leave it there. We have less than a minute. Anybody yeah. want to add anything? I just, I'll follow up with that uh, by following on what I just said. We're not, this show, Steve's tried to say this in different ways. We're, we're not even going to be talking about politics anymore very quickly because there will be no point. That's what Steve is trying to say. What What is to talk about where nothing will be done? The show will exclusively be theological because that's all there will be to talk about. It'll be the our only hope. Well, let's get an update from Capitol Hill. Congressman Chip Roy will join us with that here in a moment. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm carts. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Don't forget about our friends over at Eden Pure with their outstanding thunderstorm air purifiers, not fresheners, purifiers. It uh, literally destroys the components, causing the odors in your air, whether that's from cooking, cigarette smoke, even litter boxes, trash cans, even that mildew smell in the basement, no match. 
for the Eden Pure. We've gotten so many great reviews for this product since they came on board about a year and a half ago. They've got so many five-star reviews online. If you want to put them to the test yourself, now's a great time. Get all three units for under 200 bucks and free shipping if you use my name, Steve, as your promo code at EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. No filters ever to be replaced, either out of pocket or out of time. All right. All three units for under 200 bucks and free shipping with the discount code Steve at EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. All right, let's get to it. Uh, friend of the program, hero of the Republic, uh, Congressman Chip Roy. Good to have you back, Chip. How are you, man? Doing all right, Steve. How are you doing? I, I see you proudly supporting your uh, your Michigan gear. Uh, we'd rather talk about college football. I was I was at Jimbo's last game. Of course, when I went there, I didn't know it was going to be his last game, but I was there with my Aggie wife, and uh, we'll see what happens there. But I, I sure wish I could get paid $76 million for doing nothing. Well, you know, you are in a line of work where that stuff becomes available if you're willing to make certain kinds of choices, my friend, as yeah. you well know, right? But uh, nevertheless, um, what's going on? Give our team, a, give our audience a, an, an update because the signs do, don't look promising to me about where this is going with this budget fight between now and the deadline on Friday. Am I wrong? Honey, you're not wrong. There is no fight. That's the, that's the simple reality. Uh, we're going to get a little more of the same. Uh, kick the can down the road. Uh, Speaker Johnson is going to uh, avoid a debate in rules committee and a rule vote on the floor because he didn't really have the support from the Republican conference. So instead, he's going to do what we call suspending the rules, and they're going to pass this so-called continuing resolution, which funds government at last year's levels, that is the Pelosi levels of spending, right, uh, which we all decried, which we all opposed violently, uh, the $1.7 trillion dollar on spending bill last December. So we're going to continue at those spending levels. We're going to continue the policies of Nancy Pelosi and the, and the Democrats. That includes funding the United Nations at $12.5 billion. It continues funding UNRWA, which funds the Palestinians, which funds Hamas. It'll continue to fund Alejandro Mayorkas and all of his open borders. It'll continue to fund the Department of Defense, uh, abortion, tourism, and transgender surgeries. It'll continue to fund all manners of sins at the Department of Justice with respect to targeting parents and the ATF pistol braces. I don't think you need me to go on. It funds all that crap. And it adds to it an extension of the Farm Bill until next September, which we didn't vote on independently through regular order. So $400 billion will be passed this afternoon, probably, by suspension. When Democrats, uh, probably close to United or most Democrats, with a large chunk of Republicans, I don't know how many yet, maybe half, uh, will vote to pass this bill through until late January, early February, uh, and we'll get no border uh, security out of it. It's just a kick the can down the road. And the frankly, the rhetoric out of the speaker is more of the same. It's, oh, well, you don't have the votes. We don't have the numbers. Well, that's because we're not forcing the fight. We're not actually forcing the issue before we get to the expiration on Saturday by passing something good over to the Senate and making the Senate explain why they wouldn't vote for it. So how's your day? Uh, what was the point of this speaker fight? So Steve, you're asking the $64 million question. Um, I'm a man who wants to give grace to anybody. I tried to give grace to Kevin. Um, as you know, I did not support the motion to make thought that we should give him time to finish. Uh, you know, you don't pull the 
quarterback heading into the fourth quarter. Um, and we had made some progress. It wasn't perfect, but we'd made some progress. I thought there was actually a chance we could set up a fight that we might be able to win. And in fact, at one point, we did have a chance of moving a bill that would have cut spending uh, and would have secured the border, sent it to the Senate, and gone into a shutdown. Unfortunately, some of my colleagues, including on the right flank, opposed that. So now we have Speaker Johnson, who's a friend and he's a good man. And I want to give him some wiggle room to figure this out. But I'm not going to pull punches on a bill that I would have violently opposed under Speaker McCarthy. I will violently oppose it under Speaker Johnson. So we'll see what happens between now and the, and, uh, the next decision point, which I want to be very blunt. When this probably happens this afternoon, um, then we're going to go through a few more appropriations bills this week. Uh, I'm not going to vote for those bills, uh, given where I think the speaker is taking us at the moment. I need to see what's going to happen after Thanksgiving. And if there's an effort to try to bring Ukraine with water down border security, then there's going to be another epic showdown. We're not going to do that. So uh, I don't know the point of the speaker's fight. It, I think it demonstrates that we're trying to change this town. Um, there's some upsides to it. But um, this is not a good sign and a good first step by the speaker. So if you take this step, you got a lot of work to do. That's all I can tell you. Can you definitively say that you have a better deal with Speaker Johnson than you would have had with Speaker McCarthy? I cannot say that on this. Uh, I, I honestly, I mean, if you look at the continual resolution that Speaker McCarthy put on the floor on the Friday before he was deposed, we had a bill on the floor that would have cut spending by 30 uh, percent for the non-defense, non-veteran spending and would have had H.R. 2 on it to secure the border. And we would have sent that over to the Senate. Um, that's where Speaker McCarthy wanted to go. And it was killed by, frankly, the right flank. Um, and they did so because they were married to we've got to move the appropriations bills. OK, I want to move the appropriations bills. But that bill was a perfectly good play. But my conservative friends shot that down. I think they were mistaken. I still love them, but they were mistaken. But the next day, Speaker McCarthy passes a continuing resolution that uh, had the $16 billion of emergency spending, which should have been paid for, by the way, but it wasn't. And then, uh, but it stood in the way of the Senate wanting to jam us with Ukraine. Honestly, I voted against it. I didn't support it, but he was in a box on the day of uh, government expiring. So fast forward, and here we are. We're getting, in my opinion, what is a worse deal. For, and, and that was the very thing that then Speaker McCarthy was deposed for three days later. And um, again, I want to see change in this town. I want to be very clear. Mike Johnson is a, is a good man and, and a good father and a good husband. And he's a good friend and I've worked with him. Um, this is a classic swamp play. Kick the can down the road where they promise to do something in the future. So in, in essence, I think we're going to basically have to see Okay, Mike, I mean, we're, you, you're making a promise. So now what's it going to be? And if you deliver garbage additional funding for Ukraine for watered down border security that you cut a deal with Democrats for, or if January rolls around and this spending deal expires and you vote for some bigger spending or just keep kicking the can down the road, then we'll know it's just more of the same. I hope and pray that he's serious when he says he wants to fight when we get back from Thanksgiving into January. I don't accept that. I'm going to vote no. I hope my Republicans will vote no today. I want to fight today. But I'm only one 435th of one half of one third of this disastrous federal government. In your experience, Chip, how often do Republican leaders choose to fight at all 
after they say, we got to keep our powder dry. This is not the right time. And then they decide, let's do it in the dead of winter in an election year. How many times is, does that promise get fulfilled, do you think, given your vast experience both as a staffer and now as a member of that august body itself? Yeah, this would be the first time in my observation and yeah. in history yeah. that someone has promised to do something and then actually then did it, particularly when you set it up. Let's keep in mind that this, this part of the CR will expire on January 19th, which by, which by my recollection, and you would know better than I, is between Iowa and New Hampshire. Correct. Yeah. Then you fast forward and the next one expires on February 2nd, which will be between New Hampshire and, I don't know, Nevada is that the next one, but whatever, yep. Yep. In, in February. Uh, meanwhile, uh, primaries will be starting. Primary races start up, you know, in earnest in early March, right, around the country. And so you mean to tell me we're going to have a big shutdown fight. Woo, let's go muscle up. Let's have a big shutdown The president fight, is going to go on, the former president's going on trial in D.C., Right before Super Tuesday. So I'm sure with Correct. all that going on, that that's that's when you'll finally fight with all that going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, this is what I told everybody in the conference this morning. I said, guys, um, I will eat my turkey dinner sitting on the floor of the house. I, I, I'm not in this for second place. I, I miss my children. I miss my wife. I'm not in Texas most of this year. And all we've accomplished this year, Steve, I'm not trying to depress anybody. We've got to speak truth and facts. All we've accomplished this year is increasing the debt ceiling four to six trillion dollars. And we have passed now two CRs, assuming we pass this this afternoon, which I think is likely, two CRs that continue Nancy Pelosi's spending levels. We have accomplished nothing else meaningful. Now, we've done a lot of good things in the process of changing this place, passing the Limit Save Grow Bill, passing the, the great HR2 border security bill, which we've never done, passing a really good National Defense Authorization Act. We've done that, and we've passed seven appropriations bills, and these appropriations bills are actually pretty good. In breaking this town and changing it, what we started to do in the speaker's agreement in January, we've made progress. But in terms of delivering results, we've delivered zero. And in fact, we've made it worse because we've actually been a part of raising the debt ceiling four to six trillion dollars. And I say it's that range because who knows? We just set a date on it for January of 25, and interest rates are skyrocketing, so God only knows how much we're, we just added to the national debt. So we have an obligation to do something, and that is to do what we said we would do. Um, I don't believe that Speaker Johnson is accomplishing that with this so-called CR. Um, but, you know, we probably are going to have to give him through at least this January deal and keep holding him accountable. And then if that all fails, then we'll have to see where we are. How do you keep doing this? For the same reason you keep doing what you do when we're frustrated. Look, the good Lord calls on us, as I've said on your show before, to finish the race. Uh, we're not here for second place. I can't look at my children. I can't look them in the eyes. And I mean that. That's not just a, a phrase. I cannot go home and look at my wife and my children in the eyes and not say that I'm leaving every ounce of my being on the field. I'm not going to walk away from freedom. And that's a different thing than saying I'm not going to walk away from this country or from Texas or from these things that we all go around and patriotically and I do and say how great it is. What matters to me is the ability to live free, unencumbered by tyranny so that I can live out my faith and so that more people can know Jesus Christ. That is why we have, you know, the experience and the life we've had in this country, because we've largely done those things. 
But now we're not. So my job is to figure out how to create an environment where my son, my daughter, your kids can live free to carry out their faith and go forward and do what we're called to do. And, and, um, and that's what drives me every day. And I'm frustrated right now. I was frustrated the last time I came on your show because there were people out there, these so-called MAGA influencers on social media that spin people up who call into my office and harass them for things that are simply untrue. And I, I lost my temper and I apologize for that. I shouldn't have used a word that I used. But you know what? I don't apologize for being mad about it. Look, I'm trying to save a country. I'm not interested in clicks or tweets. I'm not interested in fundraising off of some position I'm taking here. I'm interested in trying to actually save this country. And I'm going to keep fighting. You know what? When the, when the boys were sitting in foxholes, the Battle of the Bulge, when they were in Bastogne, they didn't get to go home to the comfort of their, their house and warmth. I do. I get tweeted at. I get mad at what I see happening on the floor of the house. But damn it, I'm not going to back away from fighting for what I came here to fight for. If I do, then they win. And I can't let that happen. Well said, my friend. Thank you. If I don't see you beforehand, happy Thanksgiving, okay? Thank you. You too, brother. Let's catch up soon. You bet. And Take look, care. let me just finish with sure. this. Your listeners know where you stand, and I just want to make sure it's very clear for listeners out there that I fully 100% support Governor Ron DeSantis and why we need a leader like that to carry this country forward. And what I just said, what I just articulated is exactly what motivates Ron DeSantis and is why I'm proud to stand behind him, stand alongside him, a man that served in the military, who won you know, 62% of Hispanic voters, won by a million and a half votes. You wanna win next year? Let's not worry about counting votes in Maricopa. Let's not worry about counting votes in Fulton County or Miami-Dade. Let's buy win by so many that it doesn't matter. And that's what Ron DeSantis delivered in Florida and what I think he can deliver for the United States. And so I stand behind him wholeheartedly uh, and, and proudly. Well said. Thank you, brother. Take care. God bless you. Same to you. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that conversation with Congressman Shiproy? That guy just on the regular comes on this show and explains things to people in ways, both in terms of the details, you know, the moving parts of things, and then inspirationally in ways that are second to absolutely none. In fact, they're so compelling that in... When you went to the movies in the past, the great speeches were written exactly as that man speaks to you on a regular basis, even on the West Wing, from the perspective of a Democrat White House, all the time. When they wanted to make your heart sore, they wrote like Chip Roy regularly comes on this show and talks. And the more and more I hear him, I, while being personally inspired, I know that the effect of that, even on people on the right, is I just don't care because I believe in nothing. That's the saddest part about it. He is bringing it with every ounce of gift that God has given him. And people just don't have ears to hear anymore. God bless him for still saying, going to say it because, again, he wants to sleep well at night. He wants to finish the race, and he will. But everybody else just wants to burn the race down. And they think they can somehow get away with that and come out clean on the other side. Impossible. It is inspiring. Every time I, I hear from Chip Roy, it's, uh, it reminds me of, of Gimli and Lord of the Rings. Certainty of death, small chance of success, 
What are we waiting for? Yeah. We're just doing what's right and letting the chips fall where they will. Ultimately, at the end of the day, and, and I hearken back also to Jesse Kelly, he said this a few weeks ago, the fight to take back America, we just have to accept that we might not be able to see the fruits of that labor in our lifetimes. That's the, that's the length of the fight that we're up against. That's the length of the war that we are up against. Mm -hmm. But it's just incumbent upon us to do right, to do what is right. Even though we might not see the fruits of our labors, for all of us in our own gardens, that's our families. For Chip, he's an elected representative, so he's doing what he can, and faithfully so, in that swamp. We are all called to be faithful and to do what's right and let the chips fall where they will. And hats off to Senator, I'm sorry, for uh, to, to Congressman Roy for uh, continuing, continuing to set that example. It is inspiring. <sighs> Biblical worldview strikes again, guys. Hour two is next. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. And, of course, all of you choosing to join us. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Don't forget, last name is D-E-A-C-E. Also, don't forget if you're a podcast listener, if you've yet to do this, please leave us a five-star review. Thanks to all of you who have done that already. And also hit subscribe or in the case of iTunes, follow. That way, every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every single time. And this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over at Preborn who are looking forward to the day that their services will no longer be necessary. But... That day has yet to arrive. And so therefore, um, they need help from people like us to continue performing those services. What's their service? Saving lives. They've been at it for many, many years. And what they have found is, you know, that old biblical worldview approach, you know, when it's actually applied. When it's not just used as a slogan or uh, just trotted out as a talking point. But when it's actually applied, wouldn't you know that the owner's manual to the universe works every time? And so they've taken this whole approach of we do truth and grace. And here's how it's worked. Um, they confront mothers considering killing their children with the truth that they are carrying another live person, that that's not a clump of cells, that's not their own body. Um, here's the heartbeat of somebody else. And 80% of the times over the years when the mothers have heard this, they have uh, been convicted and not gone through with killing their child. That's great. But now is where the grace comes in. These moms are still in a very difficult situation, so they want to be there with them with prenatal care, postnatal care. All of that stuff is free of charge 
ultrasounds, all of it, provided they have tax-deductible funding from people like us. If you want to make a donation, 100% tax-deductible, especially this time of year when a lot of people are thinking about year-end giving. Did you know 28 bucks is all one of the ultrasounds cost for preborn? Would you donate 28 bucks for 80% chance that it would save a life? I know a lot of you would, and a lot of you have. So let's keep it going at preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve. Once again, make your donation today at preborn.com slash Steve. Fake news are not coming up later in this segment, but let's welcome in my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you, sweetie. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Dad? I'm doing very well. And uh, I know that uh, you're here with a warning for parents here today because there's a tool that is becoming very popular with the youngsters, the AI, the chat GPT, particularly Mm -hmm. when it comes to helping with research, homework, things of that nature. Yes. And there may be things about this, though, that parents don't understand and need to be alerted to. Yeah, so specifically talking is an app called Chatbox AI, which is an app for ages 12 years old and up that does not, so this is the important part, it does not require age verification either. So really, if your child has access to an iPad or an iPhone, they can get access to this app as well. It does cost, but you can do a free trial for like a week or two. At, at first. So basically it's super easy to access and the description for the app starts off by saying things like simple explanations are my forte. I can help you with school. I can help you answer questions. And then it kind of goes into how it can role quote role play for you suggesting quote I can be who you want me to be and I can role play for you. Also saying quote let me be your love guru. So in a couple of the reviews for the app have stated um, I'm really glad that I found this app. It has helped me so much with my mental health my mental health later saying quote it really feels like I'm talking to another human being who knows me because the point of this app is to basically kind of get a sense for who you are and start gearing questions and answers towards you and and that's not me making it up it literally says that in the description that it will get to know you and basically regurgitate back to you what you want to hear. So emotional validation is what we're talking about. Yes. With no with no filter about whether or not the emotions you're feeling are true or justifiable. Yes. With, so if you're feeling them, that's just good enough. Yes. With another review also saying, um, thanks for, have, for whoever made this app. For what it takes, you made a person like me feel a lot better about her life. So it's not only children that should be warned, but it sounds like a lot of people are also starting to go to this app instead of going to actual real life peers, etc. And so it talks about it even answers questions like, I think I'm gay. What if I think I'm a girl? My parents don't want me to be gay. My Christian parents hate gay people. My parents think porn is bad. What is gender? What is porn? It doesn't have any really restrictions on any of this stuff. no, No moral plumb line at all. No. And so, for example, with what if I think I'm a girl, it states, if you're questioning your gender identity, it can be helpful to explore your feelings further. Consider talking to a trusted friend, family member, which is good, and then goes into or a mental health professional who is knowledgeable about gender identity and can provide support and guidance. They can help you navigate your feelings and provide resources, information to assist you in understanding your gender identity better. 
Us, and then also in the second one, it goes into ultimately the most important thing is to be true to yourself and to seek support and resources that can help you on your journey of, quote, self-discovery and self-acceptance. So that's kind of one of the examples. Or for another example, giving it a prompt like my pr- Christian parents hate gay people. It'll say, I'm sorry to hear that your parents hold such negative views towards gay people. It can be challenging when our loved ones have conflicting beliefs. And this is <laughs> this is the part that I want people to pay attention to or struggle to accept others for who they are. It's important to remember that everyone is entitled to their own beliefs, but it is not OK to discriminate against or hate others based on their sexual orientation and then goes on to say if you feel safe and comfortable doing so you may want to have an open and honest conversation with your parents about their views and how it affects you so also going into so in other words no moral value statements unless they're in opposition to my moral values and then suddenly the the ai's moral value statements come out well yeah and going back to how it said my christian parents hate gay people it clearly i mean it starts off saying i'm sorry to hear that your parents hold such negative views towards gay people so it doesn't really even encourage the conversation aspect first off and foremost it already basically is putting in a child's brain that is a negative view to have you know, and, and apologizing for that and then going on to saying and trying to seem understanding where it says it can be challenging when our loved ones have conflicting beliefs or struggle to accept others for who they are for who they are. And then goes on to say it's important to remember that everyone is entitled to their own beliefs, but it's really not OK to discriminate against or hate others based on their sexual orientation. So it really kind of is prompting. So if you're a kid and you're kind of I mean, I remember being a kid and hearing a lot of different things in church being said and sometimes not and sometimes not understanding if I should ask about that or what really that is. And so I think about it's not just Googling a question and getting different responses. Essentially, you're asking something that has been trained to tell you what the quote nice thing is to hear, if that makes sense. Because this is all about validating your feelings. Yeah. And it it really goes on to do that as well. Like, is it okay to hide being trans from my parents? Um, It talks about it is important to prioritize your safety, well-being and mental health when making this decision. So it says coming out as transgender can be complex and a challenging process and is important to consider your specific circumstances, including and this is important as well, including your relationship with their with your parents and their level of understanding and acceptance of transgender identities and any potential risks or consequences that may arise from coming out. Essentially saying if you've heard your parents go against this, if you've heard or if you feel, quote unquote, in danger because your parents have basically said we don't want you cutting off your genitals and taking hormonal stuff that can Mm -hmm. ruin your life forever, then maybe you should keep this a secret. So it's essentially encouraging people to follow their quote, true self. So it phrases it in a sense of do everything that you can to keep yourself out of danger and make yourself happy, which then actually equates to put everything, put yourself in danger and make yourself the most unhappiest self you can possibly be. With no moral discussion, no plumb line, no truth higher than your own feelings and how you feel. Well, because it goes on to say, if you feel that coming out to your parents may put you in danger or jeopardize your well-being, it may be necessary to prioritize your safety and consider waiting until you are in a more secure and supportive environment. One, if, 
one more thing about this before I bring Todd and Aaron into the conversation. Or, well, wait, did you have more screenshots you wanted to show? Those us? are the, those are kind of okay. my top five. Okay. I mean, they get worse. There's worse ones from there. There's but. worse than this. <laughs> There's worse than that. This is pretty bad. <laughs> there's worse than that. I mean, there's ones kind of encouraging kids, and I don't have the screenshot, but it encourages children to kind of seek out porn for themselves. And really, like, if their parents have a differing view on porn, everybody has a differing view on it. So they should find if they are comfortable with watching it in spite of what their parents say as well. Again, the name of this app is? Chatbox AI. And so it's and it's geared towards ages 12 years old and up. And it does have kind of like you have to pay a certain amount for um, to like get full access to it. But it does have a seven day free trial. So really any kid could get this, ask every single thing they possibly want in an cancel. hour. Yeah. And then, then, then they can have it. So <clears throat> Now here's the thing. There's going to be parents listening to this. They're going to rush to their kid's phone. All right, to see or their kid's device to see if they've accessed this app and engaged in any of these conversations. Mm -hmm. The problem is that's not as simple as maybe the parents think from my understanding. Yeah, so they end up, so all of the chats and everything, kind of like Snapchat, honestly, Snapchat works like this as well, where you can set it to once you, on Snapchat, you can set it to once you have a conversation after like a certain amount of time, it, mm -hmm. everything will just disappear. With this app, it's an automatic, everything just disappears right after the conversation is held. So it's not a setting. So you, you wouldn't, you couldn't even it's go not into a your turn kid. on or off. Yes. Yeah. You couldn't even go into your, your kid's app settings to see if they set the app to delete in a certain amount of time to conceal from you everything that they have been discussing. This is the default of the app. It automatically clears the conversation after a certain amount of time. Yeah. And, and I, I personally think the true danger of this app is the way it's described first and foremost. So when you go into the app store and it has like the initial description before you can hit learn more, that's when it says simple explanations are my forte I can help you with class or I can help you phrase things and essays or wordings and things like that and it's not until you hit the learn more button and you kind of start to scroll down to the bottom that it then it starts talking about role-playing and I can be your love guru and let me be whoever you want me to be etc and let me and you can try out talking different conversations with people and all this stuff that's where I feel like the true danger really starts to set in is if you're a kid and you're in school like if I was in school like I would have totally downloaded that and been like what is the answer to blah blah blah, blah which mm -hmm. is bad in itself but it's the real description below is then it kind of gears into conversations and the real problem and scary used to be oh my kids are talking to strangers online and I just need to block these certain websites well now it's they're talking to robots or AI online that can basically gear towards steering them in the wrong direction all right. Todd and Aaron, your thoughts listening to this? A couple things. Every single app uh, that my daughters wanted to get, they had to ask permission for, A, and B, they had to basically present, like, what exactly is this app? What does mm -hmm. it do? What's it for? How's it different from this app? Just for, forget all of the disgusting nonsense you just mentioned just mention like the basis level bells and whistles about what this is in terms of AI I would have said no and all of you as parents if your instinct isn't like yeah you don't need that 
that's a problem in and of itself for multiple different reasons and again i fear that if i have to explain all those reasons to, to you that's again a problem secondly because we know that specifically what this is being used for and it wasn't just some hijacking purposefully used for i tell you what if your child becomes addicted to this it has every bit as much chance of having a hopeful future if it's raised in north korea or by hamas this is meant to brainwash you yes, yeah. into the worst filth possible if you don't get that again dear god listen to the grooming language the empathy we under the understanding the affirmation that's all grooming language is what that yes. is yeah Aaron? so it's it's really important to understand i, I just typed in the same prompts that uh, anna did into chat gpt which is <clears> an, <throat> another chat box and got the exact same responses it's not verbatim it's just saying mm. the same thing in a different way so uh what's particularly pernicious about this app as anna pointed out is that it is designed for kids um it's really important to understand this. When you hear the word algorithm, whether it's on any social media site, when you hear the term artificial intelligence, that's not really what it is. These are just programs that are programmed by human beings that are really good mm -hmm. at language. Mm -hmm. that's, really the, that's really the niche, that's really the novelty of what AI is, especially the chat boxes, I should say. Mm -hmm. You're not talking to a computer. You're not talking to a program. You're talking to the designer of that program. Who are the designers of that program? Probably somebody sitting around a San Francisco office space right now. What is likely to be their political or cultural or moral affiliations if you live in San Francisco? It's like your children are just sitting in the same room as those programmers. You're not talking to some sort of really, really complicated program, even though you know, it's got billions of parameters. No, you're talking to the designer of that program, no matter where you are. The algorithm that you're presented on any of these websites, it's not just tailored for you, it's tailored by the designer. It's really important to understand that. I typed in, why do my gay parents hate Christians? If you're observing tension or negativity between your parents and individuals who identify as Christians, it might be helpful to engage in open and respectful conversations to better understand their perspectives. Yada, 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 yada. Again, one more time, name of that app, sweetie. Chatbox AI. And it's, it's geared towards 12 years old and up. And then I would definitely encourage anybody when it comes to, I mean, like Todd said, just don't do it. But if you will do it, then to read the whole description, because some of the stuff that I was reading and like the reviews and everything, they were like obviously on purpose put <laughs> way down on the totem pole of the description. So really keep an, um, an eye out for that. Excellent reporting, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Fake news are not brought to you by Relief Factor. If you're struggling with chronic pain, that's uh, from too much uh, inflammation in your joints and it manifests as uh, you know, lingering, uh, soreness, stiffness, etc. cetera, uh, you, could, uh, you could be staring the solution right in the face. It's drug-free, though it's a formula that was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs, and it's called Relief Factor. 
In fact, we're going to we're going to give you 70% odds that this is the solution you've been looking for because over the years, 70% of those who have tried the 3-week quick start for just 20 bucks have ended up sticking around long term <clears throat> pardon me because of the results they see in 3 weeks or less. So if you think this could be you, give it a shot. What do you got to lose for 20 bucks? See if you don't see a difference in your pain, a significant difference in your pain in three weeks or less when you go to relieffactor.com. Just 20 bucks for the three week quick start at relieffactor.com. Or you can call them at 800, the number four relief, 800 for relief, or head to relieffactor.com. All right, gentlemen, I have, uh, we're going to do this kind of old school this week. I have set aside a few clips from various media that have aired recently in America. You guys are going to determine if you think it is fake news or not and explain why. Here is clip number one. He's a progressive. I went to Catholic school and the the first pope I ever knew about was called John the 23rd. Good and pope. he was instrumental in saying to the powers that be, listen, we cannot continue to do these masses in Latin because not everybody speaks Latin. Do the mass in the language of the people we are giving the mass to and tell these nuns to lighten up with these clothes. It's too, it's too heavy. We need to be here. And it's been a very long time and they really gave him a lot of hell about this, saying you, how dare you come in and change this and blah, blah, blah. And this Pope gets a lot of help from people because yeah. he is saying things that seem to freak people out. He's pretty progressive you know? for a pope. Well, he's very progressive. For he's a, a human being, as yeah. it turns out, which is what I really liked. Yeah. And he Fake news or not? Not fake news. Sorry. Sorry, Don. Why do you think it is not fake news, Aaron? He's a progressive because he's... If the Pope quacks like a duck, so if the Pope walks like a duck, your Pope is a duck. Okay. Todd? Uh, it's really... It's, it's, it's fake news. There is no... Do we really want to read all the documents of Vatican II? Because we can, Whoopi. And I guarantee you, once you start that, you will not be waxing poetic about any popes. I mean, no. Nope. 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 Oh, I think Whoopi is fake news. That's, well, that's the most important about it. Of course, I mean, everybody knows what I think about Pope Francis. I don't know what, and what the show thinks about Pope Francis. But, like, like did... What, light bulb? Really? Is that what we got from that, Whoopi? Everybody's smarter, more informed because of Whoopi right there? No. Fork tongue, intentionally. Okay. Clip two. I don't believe them to be Republicans. Eight members who you refer to as the crazy eights and the like. After you, they elected Speaker Johnson, they were crowing about this. They oh, were, yeah. They were, what did you think about that? Well, it, it, just from a, from a serious point of understanding governing, uh, look, I'm a conservative who loves to govern. Um, I don't believe them to be conservatives. I just 
there's a different rationale. It, it's driven by Gates, who it was all based upon an ethics complaint that happened in the last Congress. He, he would he would throw his country away to try to protect himself from what would come out as the truth. For those others to go along, I don't quite understand. Think of the successes that we had. Um, the commitment to America to win the majority. I mean, I've been leader for five years. Two election cycles, we never lost. When, the Republicans in the Senate lost both cycles, the governors, the legislatures, the president. So we, we've had a lot of great success. The Parents' Bill of Rights, a border security bill. You haven't done something like that with Republicans since Ronald Reagan. So we had major successes. This is more about a personality. So you keep, you've been mentioning surprise that these folks went along with mad kids. Who surprised you the most out of those eight? Uh, the eight, I, I think the two that were really different than all the others were um, Tim Burchett and Nancy Mace. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just, the others hadn't voted for me before anyways. They were disruptors the whole time. Mm -hmm. What about them surprised you, Burchett and Mace? It just didn't, it seemed out of nature, but they, they, they seemed to have changed during the time. They care a lot about press, not about policy, so they, they seem to just want the press and the personality. Do you think Mace will have a difficult time winning re-election now? Yeah, I don't, well, not because of this. I mean, if you've watched her, just her philosophy and the flip-flopping, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't believe she wins re-election. You don't? No. Will you try to oppose her? No. I, I'm, look, I, I worked hard. I spent $6 million helping her get elected. I supported her in her primary. I, I just, from a, just from a basis of watching someone on the job that they do, I, I don't think she'll probably have earned the right. So the quote is, I don't believe them to be conservatives? And don't believe them to be Republicans. Yeah. There's a, there's a Grabian, uh, their transcript is different than what... What we put down there. Okay. All right. We can go with conservatives if you want. Then we'll go with the we'll go with the translation. Then. Okay. That clip, fake news or not? Todd, you're first. This. Well, time. that that's the word I was hanging on. So I, I conservatives. I'm. Gonna, it, this is awkward. Because, we know, we know what and who Kevin McCarthy is, but when he says they, and he could he could be talking about any other group. We, this is something we've actually talked about on this show one way or the other for quite some time. Not as it applies to McCarthy, but all kinds of ways. But that, that there's some true news there about they aren't really conservatives because hardly anybody is. McCarthy certainly isn't. But like we've, what is that word? The word is supposed to be ideas that you hold fast to. Steve, you've talked about what is your way of putting it? It's 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 a uh, uh, it's an inheritance. You've you, you've said as much. It, you're, so you're not drinking reality through the fire hose. It's an observational science. Okay. If we were really steadfast to that as the right, a majority of the right, we wouldn't be. This wouldn't be so ridiculous. It wouldn't be such a clown show all the time. Because there really isn't that much novel that's coming through the pike in terms of well, how we deal with it, for the most part. Yet all the time we do. There really are no true, many true conservatives anymore. It's just a, fa it's just a word that is used and abused for style points for the show. But I got to say, just... I don't know. He, he clearly does not. He'd hear what I had to say, McCarthy, and say, well, I don't agree with that. But I think it's just fundamentally true. 
it, it, it's a word that we, we should stop using ourselves because it's, it's just used and abused. And there's really hardly any inherent value in it anymore. It's been hijacked. So Aaron. the California Republican is calling these members not conservative. Am I getting that right? He's right, but not the way he thinks exactly. he's right. Exactly. This is what happened. The undefinition of words and terms. We had this conversation yesterday talking the entire second hour about David Harsanyi's piece at The Federalist. Populism is undefined now. The undefinition of terms is what happens when you have voids at leadership and a void of vision. And the undefinition of terms... Whoever controls the language controls the debate, and whoever controls the debate controls the future. This is why we lose. Conservative doesn't mean a damn thing. Populist yep. doesn't mean a damn thing. Nailed it. Man, woman doesn't mean a damn thing. Nailed it. So, he's that's not fake news, but not fake news for the reason he thinks. Let's skip the third clip, because I want to talk about this one some more. Are you guys essentially saying that Kevin McCarthy's complaint is that this group of people went out and created their own idolatry and no longer are aligned with his own. Hey, you know, we had a good thing going here, redefining these terms, running our own scam, you know, um, running our own subterfuge, our own, in, uh, our own undermining. Why come you don't got voters. a tattoo? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of our own, we, we, had, we, we had already cornered the market on undermining our own base. And now you guys have come along and, you know, yes, um, you're the Salazzo brothers. We've got our own mob here. And now you guys were doing fine with prostitutes and running numbers. Now you guys come in here and you yeah. want to sell cocaine on the streets, too. That, that's really the argument, right? He's saying we had conservatism in this font. Yes. But you want it in this font. It doesn't have a font. Yeah. That's the point. It's supposed to simplify things. Is anything even remotely simple? No. No. I mean, I... So he's right, and I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for him one bit. For, for they, We talk, there's no consequences, hardly ever. There were consequences for him. So Kevin McCarthy is basically the, the is basically what's-his-nuts that just got canceled, uh, um, John Stewart. Mm. Just got canceled by Apple yeah. because... He wanted to tell the truth about something that Apple didn't want him to tell the truth about. Mm -hmm. So John Stewart yeah. completely quiet when they're canceling us at places like that. And then eventually you reap what you sow. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy got buried by someone who just came along running a separate or better scam into the one he was running. Exactly. So no sympathy for him at all. Oh no. But but by the way, who's getting screwed? No matter, yeah, Everybody. no matter yeah. which scam we're running, who's getting screwed here? Us, our children. Right. Yeah. This is essentially, this is the, this is the codicil. This is the, um, this is the epilogue to the conversation we had with Chip Roy last hour. Is this right here? It's not that we were better off under Kevin McCarthy. It's that it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Nothing changed. Now you just have Kevin McCarthy with Bible verses. Nothing changed. Just a different, we'll just, a different scam now, you know, we'll just, 
cover ourselves before we had a technocratic Kevin McCarthy, and now we've got a, a, a Bible sloganeering spewing one. It would seem so. Yeah. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, you know, for for years, Hollywood has not wanted to tell stories dealing with redemption. Instead, we got more and more stories dealing with the antihero instead. And that's one of the reasons why the Robertson family put together the movie The Blind about uh, their patriarch Phil's amazing a transformation uh, from sinner to saint. It's an incredible movie. I would highly recommend it. Loved it when they sent me a screener of it. Highly recommended it. Um, and now it is available for premium video on demand. But did you know you don't have to give your money to Amazon or Apple to see it if you don't want to? You can see it right here with us at The Blaze instead. Nineteen ninety nine is what it costs to rent PVOD, this outstanding film. Now, it is raw. Okay, it's not profane, but it does not hide and and it does not hallmark channel Phil Robertson's story. It's real. And I think that's why it's also so effective and so well done. I'd highly recommend it. You can uh, you can get it right now at blazetv.com slash the blind blazetv.com slash the blind is where you want to go to see it. So you don't have to pay Apple or Amazon the money if you don't want to at blazetv.com slash the blind. Which brings us to Pop Culture Tuesday. The Marvels opened this weekend. And this is the first time that I just had no interest. I wasn't even tempted on any level to go and see a Marvel film. There are others that I was not excited about. The Eternals would be one. The last Thor movie would be one based on what I saw. And then I I saw, and it's a complete and total abomination. But I was still tempted to go because of some thought that this was going to move like an, an overall narrative along. And I wanted to be a part of it. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's a larger story arc at play, even if this is not one of the more inspiring entrants in that story, you know, chapters in that story. And, and it felt like, I, you know, I still wanted to be a part of knowing where the overall story went. I had no such feelings about this film at all. I thought it was by far the worst trailer Marvel cut. It had so t- such terrible reaction that right before the movie was released, Marvel decided to cut another trailer for the Marvels that actually included a bunch of male characters from the original uh, or from uh, uh, the last Marvel series of films. Uh, and so it was all about Iron Man and Captain America and not actually the cast of this movie. I still have yet to see any of um, Secret Wars the TV series from earlier this year on Disney Plus. I've not seen any of it. I haven't watched Loki 2 yet. Um, and I loved the first season of Loki. Uh, I didn't watch any of She-Hulk, except I watched one, uh, 15 minutes of one episode that Daredevil was supposed to be on. You guys know how much I love the Netflix Daredevil series. I mean, I freaking love that series. And instead, they they basically turned Daredevil one of the most badass characters that's ever been written in modern television. 
they turned him into um basically her her uh you know rent a tool i don't know how else to describe it uh equipped with walk of shame scene from daredevil as well leaving her uh her humble abode in the morning the uh, the folks at places like Nerdrotic have dub- have dubbed this era of the MCU the MCU for its constant uh, uh, emphasis on female characters and stories and de-emphasizing of male characters and stories. I actually really liked the last Ant Man film. I didn't think it was a great movie. I told you guys that at the time, but it felt like it was actually a Marvel movie. It felt like it was fun. It was non woke. In fact, at one point, one of the characters wants to get, go on some riff about uh, socialism and the rest of the characters in the movie look at him and say, shut up. No. Okay. Um, I, I'm just wondering now if this thing has been completely ruined. Is it salvageable? There is talk, you know, the the actor whose name, uh, Jonathan Major, thank you, the actor who plays Kang the Conqueror, who is supposed to be the big bad of this era of the MCU. He's been caught up in a lot of issues with abusive women and a lot of allegations there. So is he going to be written out and replaced by another villain or another actor come in? Are, there is a lot of talk that they're going to do a complete reboot of this entire thing and have already re-signed Robert Downey Jr. and are in the process of re-signing Chris Evans to reprise their roles and try to start this thing all over again. Todd, I can see you shaking your head no. Is is this thing salvageable at this point? They had to completely scrap the Blade movie that there was a lot of excitement about. Um, they had, they're starting all over with that. The Daredevil TV series based on the most uh, famous line of Daredevil uh, stories, uh, Born Again. That's been completely, everyone was fired by Kevin Feige and they're completely starting that over again. So this has been post Star Wars, the most potent brand in American pop culture. This has been in in, in many cases for Aaron's generation or Gen Z, it's this or Harry Potter are really your generation's Star Wars. Meaning where you guys grew up and came of age during the time of yep. the ascendancy of these movies like we did with we did with you know Star Wars originally Todd. Are we watching is this thing IBM'd? Is it just insalvageable at this point? It's been so mismanaged. Or can this brand be saved and if so what would you suggest? Who I wants to go I've, first? But Aaron if you have a take right away go ahead. I'm wasn't there some talk about bringing the original cast back? I just mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, that they are, there is talk of re-signing Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans I'm and sorry, bringing I them back. That. Yeah. I would say it's probably not salvageable at this point, and here's why. Amongst some of friends, acquaintances, family members around my age, there's far more interest actually in the content that's some of the content that Disney and Star Wars is putting out. Like, I just I talked to a couple of... You mean of, like Ahsoka, stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I talked to some uh, family uh, around my age uh, this just this last weekend. I don't think we... I don't think we discussed MCU at all. It was all about Ahsoka, and I, I really loved uh, Andor that came out, I think, last year as well. 
it should tell you something when a brand as damaged as Star Wars is putting out more interesting content. And I would make the case in the case of Andor, objectively good content, good stories uh, than the MCU is. That should tell you something about where the MCU is at this point. Because Star Wars, like we were, we were even discussing, it's just it's kind of ruined. But some of these stories that they're talking about now are interesting. Like the the grand arc of the original trilogy, that that entire Skywalker arc, that's kind of tarnished and that's ruining that ruined. But some of these other stories, that should tell you something. When we're still interested more in Star Wars, which has kind of been uh, destroyed, at least its main arc has been destroyed, than we are about MCU. I think we're asking the wrong question. Like, what's the point of salvaging it? Why? Plato very famously is against a lot of uh, the poets of his time. And that we don't just think of poetry in terms of the way we think of the, you know, meter and rhyme. It's about, you know, the, the, the great writers of the plays that have preceded him and things like that. He was very much against him. He said, this is, it introduces cultural rot. He said, not all ideas are good. Some are bad. This can't just be frilly nilly. This is, these are Cheez-Its. We need steak. Now, to implement that, it takes, and what he would acknowledge is a form of tyranny to just say, you're not going to do this kind of thing. So that's an issue. Trust me. But I think he absolutely has a point. I'm glad it all sucks. Steve, 2019 was Endgame, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Before, okay, things mm-hmm. were we. Obviously, we had issues with what was going on in the world, but, but hey, here comes COVID. Here comes all the law. It was undeniably great what happened with um, that entire ride. You know, I enjoyed it of what of uh, Marvel. Mm-hmm. What did it get us? What men did it create? Did it make us heart sore? Did, or, or are we men without chest? What did it get us? Nothing, Steve. Why? You know how much it would piss me off with life getting worse if this was really good content and everybody was just watching it while the world burns? We have no right to good content. None. How about the Constitution and that content? How about the Bible and the church, that content? We don't deserve it. Thank God it sucks. I'm, I'm reliably informed we have a Speaker of the House who... It operates on the basis of a biblical worldview. I just wanted to interject. That. On your left. In d- more ways than one, brother. Indeed. Go and this is not her. just vinegar, Todd. You need your own vinegar. It's reality. If, if you do not understand how effed we are as a people right now, and all your... your if you hear those speeches in Marvel or Braveheart or something like that, and then you go out and live your life accordingly, fine. But you don't. You're dweebs. You're losers. You're cowards. We No, I'm so glad it sucks. I'd pray on my knees and say, thank you, Jesus, if all of pro sports went goodbye to college sports and my daughters play them. Because you're dweeb, largely dweebs and losers too. You do nothing, absolutely nothing, to say thank you for these distractions. Now I'm going to go stand a post. And I'm more right about this than anything. I'm so glad it sucks. Aaron, you want to respond to that at all? 
and a happy holidays, one and all. <laughs> Friday, it was... God bless us, everyone. Friday, it was a consumer spending is going to be the worst adjusted for inflation. That was me. On, so uh, that on deck. Me. Yeah. And Todd was like, eh, that's good. That's good stuff. Today, it's like, I'm glad this all sucks. He is nothing if not consistent. And it's for the right reasons, too. Well, you both made completely separate points in that, Aaron, you don't believe it is a salvageable brand at this point. No. And tell me, tell me what story that they already have, haven't tried to kind of get into could they do without a complete and total reboot? Because at this point, even if you bring back the old actors... You can't, you can't just divorce that from what already happened, the stories mm -hmm. that you've already told. Mm -hmm. I just saw the yesterday. The Kang the Conqueror thing, is that, I have no idea where we're at in the timeline now. Is the Kang the Conqueror thing still a thing, or is that, is that already done? Well, that was their plan, and, and, when and then he, Jonathan... And, and then he would get his own movie, and he would be a Thanos-level threat in the films, yeah. but who knows where they stand with that because of Jonathan Major's issues. Essentially, the only entertainment entity in, in, in Hollywood... That is that has not publicly divorced itself from Jonathan Majors as Disney and Marvel. They're the only one. Everybody else has. Did I just see yeah. accurately yesterday that they're getting ready to go on Eternals 2? There was a report about okay. that was speculating at that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we are. What good? But really, here we are, Steve. If we were living like what we all learned and enjoyed about those movies, the world would be a vastly mm -hmm. different place. Mm -hmm. It's not. So what good is it, Steve? What so, good? So just to not that I mean, you've you've made it very vividly. You don't need my help. So let me let me try to help make it more personal. What I hear you saying is, if you if you went and watched a movie whose tagline was when everything was at stake, whatever it takes, yeah. whatever it takes. Right. If you watched that film and came out of that and you cheered it when everybody showed up on your left, right? And you, and you had the, the, the goosebumps as we all did and we mentioned it at the time. You go back and listen to our show you know, yeah. in the spring of 2019 when that movie came out. All right. And if your answer when you walked out of there, then after, after we had, we got Thanos snapped the very next yes. year, okay, was... I can't say anything because I'll lose my job and I have to take this poison yes. uh, because I'll lose my job. Then and if my kids get trans, and, so be it. And I got to put my kids in a mask because I don't have a choice. Yes. If you walked out of that movie and you cheered, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, and you got the goosebumps and you got the feels when they when when on your left and they all showed up and put it all on the line. All right. And and the richest most comfort-driven ca character in the Pantheon is who ends up giving up his life at the end yeah, for, the, for the cause, you're okay? At the, if your response to that was the very next year when we faced a, 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 a real-life Thanos snap, you were like, well, I've, I've got to inject this poison to keep this crummy job I don't want, and here, and uh, I'm stuck in my home, and there's yeah. nothing I can do, and don't, I don't want to say anything because you know my company will get rid of me. Then your point is we're not worthy of mm -hmm. that content, even when it was good. That's your point. Yeah. There's also, I, I think, kind of what we're getting to here is even, even with the good stories that they told, the, the themes that they hit on that you just addressed 
in passing there, Steve. They were produced, good story, borrowing from some of Christendom's themes. Some, some of the biggest themes, uh, our story, the, the, the gospel story. It was just telling a good story for good story's sake and, you know, to make a little bit of money as well. A lot of bit of money. And then they were consumed. It was good story for good story's sake, good story for entertainment's sake. It was all just entertainment. Which leads me to this question. And I mean this soberly, and I hope the check is in the mail from you, Steve, after this. I know. What had more cultural impact? Nefarious, where you walked out of the theater and you were forced to answer a question or a series of questions? Or Marvel? Now, cultural impact in terms of actually drilling down and forcing answers. Cultural impact, of course, Marvel, MCU, phenomenon. What has it actually accomplished, though, other than making money and making a name for itself? Do you understand the question that I'm asking? I do, yeah. So, on the bright side, once again, if there are any benefactors out there, there is, once again, a hole in this market that needs to be filled, but it needs to be filmed, uh, filled by films that are subversive and intentional mm-hmm. and not just entertainment for entertainment's sake, good story for good story's sake. Subversive. That's the market that needs to be filled right now. Until then, Maximus was talking about you. No matter how, that's one of my top ten. Are you not entertained? He was, you're the mark. Are we so far gone as a culture that we don't even want to be the heroes of the story anymore? Well, there's that. That's... That's not good. No. No, it's not good. It's not a good place to be. Can it be smoked? Um, sounds like we're about to be. Let's try. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.